0: Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission.
1: Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. And as it all kicks off on the racetrack, including in GTD... Um, it's been 25 nearly 26 laps since those cars last pitted quite a bit of a change around in gtp because nick tandy has now made a stop and rejoins still at the wheel of that car but let's get to nick uh, so let's get to joe bradley i should say because we had obviously that uh, 31 car joe going behind the wall and you might have an update elsewhere too Go ahead, Joe, if you are receiving me for the uh, yes, for your I update. Am. Sorry,
2: Johnny, yes, lost right. you there for a second. So while you were with the update there, the 31 wheel and engineering Cadillac has come off track. Uh, you described people to Ronnie having to slow down. Well, it's a gearbox issue that's caused that. And right now, the car is in the paddock, in the garage, up on the high stands. And I'm not quite sure to the extent of what is going to happen here and uh, whether or not it's it's a drivetrain issue or an internal gearbox issue, completely different things, if it's like a drive shaft or something's just brought on the external bit, if it's the internals of the gearbox then this is going to be in here for quite a while.
1: Thanks Joe for the quick reaction speeds there and uh, most unlike, well I was going to say most unlike, any of the manufacturers that we are so used to seeing in in the top classes of either GTP or indeed GT racers in the case of BMW, but I must remind myself these are all brand new cars, completely bespoke equipment um, being built, yes there are universal parts like the hybrid unit for instance you're given a hybrid unit for LMDH and it is the same across all four manufacturers, but uh, Cadillac developing their own engine and indeed, their own drive train. Uh, there is scope for things to go wrong. Uh, a little more news, perhaps,
2: Joe? Yeah, just a, more more of an observation, Johnny. Brand new gearbox, complete with rear suspension, on a little wheel trolley, just being presented to the uh, the, the front door of the garage. When they get it. so it's going to be a complete gearbox unit change. Okay. That's not the work of a moment.
1: No, indeed. I mean, any idea how long it might take? Are we talking an hour or shorter than that? You don't know, do you? So, Joe will perhaps go and ask one or two questions. Do the team necessarily know? I'm sure they will have practiced uh, changes like gearboxes and, indeed, full engine. Cha- well, you wouldn't be able to do an engine change in a race. That's uh, not permitted by the regulations. But things that are southward of the engine in a drivetrain are interchangeable. And in a sense, you know, you build a race car to make that. A relatively quick job, but you're still going to lose, you know, a, a, a large chunk, chunk of laps. Changing something as crucial as a gearbox. Bruce,
0: I always get the feeling when when Joe spots a problem like that, he half wants to put his microphone down, roll up his sleeves, and get stuck in. He's such a sort of positive guy, and just itches when there's something that can be fixed. But you know what, Joe? I think that might just be beyond your your pay your pay band there. But uh, great to have you down there, just checking the problems that come. And let's face it wind the clock back an hour or so ago and the 31 wheeling engineering Cadillac was uh, very much right at the top of the GTP class yes the number 60 car was out front the Acura from Shank Racing but every time we saw particularly Pipo Dirani in 31 getting a move on on those restarts he was very positive and then suddenly Tutanku as we say this side of the the other side of the English Channel whatever that means problems I was hoping you knew I do I do know but it's go and look it up <laughs> Fair enough.
1: I haven't got time for that. Do you know how many screens I've got open? And yeah. you want me to do a dictionary app as well, perhaps? All of a sudden. Thanks. Uh, Nick Tandy did stay at the wheel of the number six car. That was a stint that lasted uh, about over an hour, <clears throat> uh, which is going some in a GTP car. Jeremy Shaw making the point earlier in the weekend that at green flag conditions, you're looking at... Somewhere in the window of 52 or 55-minute stints, depending on the, the general pace. But, yeah, um, north of an hour is um, a stretch. But they got there. 33 laps is not quite the most. It's been equalled by Pipo Durani's 31 car, which is now behind the wall, and, indeed, the race leader. So, earlier in the piece, it was the Acuras that were getting the most mileage. Now, we must remind you that... He will have had some caution in that very long stint by Nick Tandy, so that will have helped him along a bit in the green flag stints. I still think it's accurate who are best placed for going without an out lap speed and still able to make the most amount of laps completed before they need to take more energy on board, and it's not just fuel. Remember, because these stints are judged by the amount of energy burned, a combination of fuel and. Hybrid energy and it's measured via the megajoule scale Just like it has been in the World Endurance Championship for a good period of time now Back to you know the time when we had Audi Porsche and Toyota in the WEC all running in the hybrid era last caution ended at 473 laps and we are now walk, working 489. I think I'm right in saying yes, 489 just completed. In fact, so 490 for Sebastian Bourdais, and he's only got a lead of 0.7 of a second over Alex Lynn. But it's looking very rosy indeed for Cadillac Racing, Bruce Jones.
0: Uh, yeah, as he was saying that, Johnny, I suddenly thought in the images I cannot see Alex Lynn immediately behind racing the Sebastian Bourdais. The gap seems to have gone out quite a lot. I haven't seen for where and for why it was as you said, 0.794 in the second, the worst of GTD cars to be passed, certainly Sebastian Baudet in 0-1, and racing Cadillac made good work of that, but I think Nick, Nick Tano, sorry, Alex Lynn appears to have lost a bit of time, I hope I'm wrong, it might be just trying to pick out cars in the night around the circuit, but certainly when you get sight of the racing in Yellow nosed Cadillac, uh, that 0.794 for second, you see him go past, past the pits, turning now under braking into turn one. He looks to be way more than eight tenths of a second for good. Let's see. Have my eyes deceived me? Have I not picked out the mainly black Cadillac in second place, waiting for the timing screens to update on that one? They're certainly first and second, but I would surmise that Alex Lynn went back a little bit on mm. that lap.
1: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, there's uh, something slightly awry with uh, my timing screen currently. I reckon but we'll try and rectify that. Bordet, Lynn, Castanhevez, first, second and third. Cadillac, Cadillac, Acura. So that's the two Cadillac Racing V cars and then the Mike Shank Racing Acura in third with Nick Tanley having rejoined in fourth position after his latest pit stop.
0: Well, Alex Lynn is still going, well picked up by the camera crews around the circuit. Harder to pick out in some ways than the sister car that has the yellow nose. This is the blue-nosed, otherwise black, Cadillac 02. Still waiting for the timing screen to update from 0.794 of a second, which is the deficit between Bourdais and Lynn. But uh, good to see that uh, Alex Lynn is still out there lapping. I found a
1: slightly more up-to-date uh, timing screen, thankfully. So uh, we'll go by that for the moment. It's... a uh, 492 laps completed. Order still the same. Uh, ben Hanley leading the LMP2 charge for Crowd Strike by APR. So that's Algarve Pro Racing's entry on Crown Strike's Racing's behalf. And um, the TDS racing car of Josh Pearson hunting uh, Ben Hanley. Well, kind of sticking with him, I suppose, and making that gap as honest as possible. It stands at nine seconds. The deficit between GTP and LMP2 is 15 laps. Quite a bit was said about the pace of LMP2 compared to LMP3, the detuned nature of LMP2 compared to when it made its debut, or at least the Orica 07 made its debut here at Daytona in 2017 when they were significantly faster cars. But... um, Yeah, it's quite a job to find your way through LMP3 traffic in the LMP2 in its current setup Pearson now actually scored as the race leader That is because Ben Hanley must have come in for a stop at the end of Well, did he? He's not
0: actually listed as having having made a stop Okay, we're talking of stops We had the leader of GTD outright ahead of the GT Pro Runners And that's Phil Ellis brought the windward racing Mercedes into the pit lane That's... uh, car number 57 white with blue and red flashes driver change and I'm just trying to work out is that Indy Doncha who's taken over bright yellow helmet I give you a choice of drivers Russell Ward Indy Doncha, or of course not Lucas Auer who was injured during the week but Daniel Morad well let's go down because uh, I'm not in the pit lane but Joe Bradley most certainly is Joe
2: yeah further on the uh, further information uh, gleaned on the 31 wheeling and Cadillac um, it's the gearbox studs that have snapped so that means the uh, where the engine and the, the gearbox join, where the gearbox joins, it's kind of been acting as a, a hinge. So that car will have been a bit of a handful um, stress member, the engine and gearbox on these cars, of course, so a very important part. So um, they'll remove the gearbox and then replace the studs. Uh, that's the information I'm getting. All
1: right. Thank you, Joe. And they will, I'm sure, have rehearsed that and something i suppose you can do with not only this car but uh, previous iterations of it as well although things are generally in different places <laughs> and uh, th- no doubt the way that these cars have been designed you want to try and weave in ways of working on them as uh, easily as possible as well but the, i mean the way that the cadillac is built and yes you haven't got to worry about turbochargers and the space needed for those to f- to force air into the mixture but there ain't a lot of space underneath the underneath the shell of these cars to squeeze absolutely everything in and bear in mind they've got to put a five and a half liter v8 in there the cadillac lmc 55r that's almost i mean right underneath a load of other gubbins right behind the driver's seating position so i can understand as that car goes into more of a state of undress just knowing the the layout of that, like the back of your hand, is tricky, Uh, bearing in mind it's all very, very new, and from a customer perspective, as Porsche have um, got lined up, future customers for their 963s, again, said customers will need to become familiar with how to not only set up these cars, but also how to repair them, on the fly as quickly as possible. This is all part of the learning process, and if you're not in the running for a good result, Alar the number seven Porsche and the number 25 BMW, um, these, all of these things can be effectively tested now in a very public test session, but it's time that can be utilized. The remaining nine hours that uh, are still to go, or eight hours and 44 minutes to be more accurate. We're still a long way away from daybreak, which is 7.15 this morning at the Daytona International Speedway. The world center of racing. You'll tune to RS2, part of the radio show limited network of channels. It's uh, IMSA radio for the 61st edition of the 24 hours of Daytona, the Rolex. And remember that every single WeatherTech Sports Car Championship race is live flag to flag on RS2 in the USA and uninterrupted if you're elsewhere around the globe, in vision. So outside the US, if you go to imzaradio.com let the page load and then top left live video tab, click on that, and it'll take you through to the world feed version of the Daytona coverage without sound perfectly synced with rooftop rays. Visuals not just Ray, but uh, he's been working incredibly hard overnight We've also got plenty of on boards as well and some static cameras together with the uh, Stuff going on down in Pit Road as well So if you're outside the USA imsa live video tab and you can enjoy the coverage from there around the track 107.9 FM and on Sirius XM 207 to remind you How are you going with that new screen, Bruce? Still on the old one, I noticed. No, I've got both. Okay, good.
0: Uh, So you're dancing between the two. Yeah, well and what I can tell you we're very nearly at 500 laps 499 laps on the board on one screen and unfortunately the other one's frozen a little bit is offering me a meagre 489 so we'll get that uh, well we won't get it sorted out hopefully it will sort itself but Sebastian Bourdais leading by Whisker under 5 seconds we spotted uh, while our timing screens were not playing as they might have done that Alex Lynn was no longer immediately behind they'd been uh, 8 tenths of a second apart they're now pretty much 5 seconds uh, between the race leading 0-1 Cadillac and the 0-2 Alex Lin giving chase, but going backwards at the moment relative to race leader Sebastian Bourdais. 5.6 seconds, so he's lost another seven tenths of a second on that last lap. Has Lynn to Bourdais?
1: So we're working lap 500. We're 42 minutes away from two-thirds distance.
0: So you about to do some maths, John? I
1: was trying to attempt some. Yeah, I 833s I, three out of reach. I still believe, but we might get. Well, we'll get north of 750. Um, but somewhere between that and 800 I reckon, we'll be lucky to get to 800 but the distance record for my money is well out of reach now and that became the case probably after something like caution number 5 or 6 it was a a very unusual year 2020 and frenetic pace as well from the DPI's in those days I remember calling that uh, record, well it wasn't lap 833 it was the one that broke the record, which I completely forget now, but uh, we, we gave it the big build-up, and thankfully I remembered it at the time as well. And the scoring tower here at Daytona showed us that we were going into a new era three years ago. Not going quite, quite get there, but it'll still be a respectable lap distance for the brand-new era of GTP, considering how many new machines we've got on show this weekend. A push start required for car 17, that is the LMP3. Race leader, Nico Verone,
0: has just brought down Pit Road for AWA. They got it going again, but it took quite a shove. That's fallen to second place now. Sean Creech Motorsport, Nico Pino, uh, now at the front of the crew. Driver changes at WeatherTech Racing. That's car number 57, the Mercedes. White, blue and red race livery aboard that one. And Windward um, Racing, not so long ago, Indy doncha went out, but Let's take a look. Oh, sorry, that was, of course, in Windward Racing, WeatherTech Racing. Let's get my head the right way around. Cooper McNeil, Danny Yunkadea, who did a great stint. Joe and Maro Engel. 79 is placed... Oh, it's fifth in GTD Pro. It had been the class leader when we came on, just uh, approaching, well, exactly three hours ago. But at the moment, Danny Yunkadea sharing that about to leave the pit lane I could look at my other tech screen and see where he was five laps ago <laughs>
1: that's good yeah <laughs> see, there is a reason it's for one of f- freezing
0: <laughs> that, that was leading the class uh, when it had four five five laps on the board but with the pit stop it's dropped down the order a little bit and just to tidy up my mess there WeatherTech Racing there AMG Mercedes is in GTD Pro and I quickly substituted it for another red white and blue uh, Mercedes I'll hold my hand up to that one windward racing we saw not so long ago of course Indy Doncher taking that over and going out, but now uh, for 79 in the other class, the driver change has been made, and Jules Gounon has taken over from uh, the wheel of the 79 car, and Jules had a really garlanded year last year as well, winning titles wherever he went pretty much, and it's a very, very strong lineup in that 79 crew. Cooper McNeil, such a stalwart of course, WeatherTech, family company, but... uh, when you're sidekicks, and Mario Engel, Gunon, and Danny junker that literally is nothing they haven't won in GT3 racing around the world, so uh, expect a good result, and they had been leading the class. Well, we've had a change down in the pit lane, unless Joe Bradley is uh, mimicking Shea Adam, it is Shea Adam herself. Hello, Shea.
3: <laughs> good morning, gents. Uh, yes, uh, just to back you up on a couple of those retirements, walking out to the pit lane, I saw the NTE Sport crew packing up their catering you have to do the important bits first so that Lamborghini we will not see again over the course of this race and the MRS GT the LMP3 they too were back in the garage there was no work going on for them so it looks like we have lost them as well not yet an official retirement but yet out of the race at least seemingly for now and into the pit lane has come the number 33. This is the Sean Creech Motorsport LMP3 machine. From the lead of the class, they have sticker tires going on, fuel, drinks bottle change, but no driver change, so you'll know better than I who is in that car.
1: Now, we'll check that in a moment. Um, Rather than being the harbinger of doom, which share was just then, I'd like to bring some good news, because I reckon the 64 TGM TF Sport Aston Martin is back in the event. 15 minutes ago there was a message from race control to say that the 64 had returned from behind the wall and i'm just trying to see whether owen trinkler's now ticking off sector times i
0: think he is he must be
1: because otherwise he's just going to be
0: sitting in the pit lane doing not a lot no he's got through the first timing sector actually very well very good point there from shade just a moment ago nte sport the car retired that's the lamborghini but packing up their catering first very good when joe bradley just come off a stint he's going to be hungry get those biscuits out of his way so a time of change in the pit lane and the paddock and uh, shea adam is going to get across all of it flurry of visits to the pits but if you just come back from a little snooze or whatever you choose to do we don't expect you to go through all 24 hours Elio Catroneves leading the race now because we've had the cadillacs coming into the pit so the pendulum has swung, but Catherine Nevis will owe us a pit stop fairly soon. Don't forget, he was the ra- his car was leading the race about an hour and a half ago. It had a bit of a setback. We thought it had a drive-through penalty. It was just an extra top-up, a run through the pit lane. but that dropped it down to sixth in class. It's now into the class lead. The race lead.
1: Indeed. Uh, there was also a penalty that I wanted to tell you about for car 52, which is the PER1 Matheson Motorsport car, and that was for... Failure to adhere the minimum refuelling time, so it's going to be 10 seconds to the fill time next time around. Nozzle has to be attached for a certain amount of time. That was only three or four minutes ago for car 52, so will have been spotted during the previous stop for Nico Lapierre, fifth place in LMP2 for PR1 Matheson, and chasing down Rick Ware Racing, but they'll lose 10 seconds during the next stop. Davide Francesco is the driver up ahead of Nico Lapierre in the 51 Rick Ware racing car. Trying to stay on top of um, current stint lengths and uh, one or two timing glitches have prevented us from doing that, but we're doing some chasing down to work out um, who's on it. Well, we know the Cadillacs are on a similar pit stop strategy. The BMW of Eng's not very far away either, but Albuquerque and Nick Tandy kind of Plowing their own furrow because of their various incidents recently. So Nick stayed on board when he pitted last time around, surely took brand new tires in the number six car. His lap speed is good again now, and he can start to take the fight back again to the two Cadillac racing Caddy Vs, with the Meesachch racing with Kerbagajanian Acura, back to the head of the order now and over a minute to the good, Elio Neves. but again, because that is a
0: different pit stop cycle for the Brazilian. Again, at this time of sudden run of pit stops, uh, just wait and see who gets up to pace soonest, but certainly, can't. not so long ago, the field was very much running all together, all in order. Yes, we've had the number no. 7 Porsche fall down the pile, it lost nearly 20 laps, uh, and we've got. Helio, I was about to say, Castro never owes us a pit stop. Well, he's mm. beaten me to it. He's in the pits. He's out of the car. So that's the number sixty out of the temporary lead of the race in the sort of the ebb and flow of the different uh, time points at which they started their stints. And uh, he's sharing that with Tom first Colin Brown, and Simon Pagenaud, who was very quick at around the half hour, the half distance point in this race. But uh, driver out, driver in. And good stint there, but that is a setback. But what we've commented on since the start of the race, the Acuras seem to have a very, very good race pace and good fuel economy. Pretty good combination to have. However, yes, they're leading, but they're in the pit stop. They won't be leading at the end of this lap. It should be Sebastian Baudet and Nick Tande, who just very recently served their pit stops, uh, pounding around the banking in the lead.
1: Not wanting to tread on your toes, Shay. I'm sure you were keeping an eye on uh, that stop for the 60 car. It looks all to be going pretty well there. They have stopped a a number of times under caution, but uh, hopefully a chance to catch up with Castor Neves in the not-too-distant future. She'd given him a chance to cool off a little bit, because that was a long few stints. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a triple, actually, overnight. Uh, We'll try and catch up with Elio pretty soon. The 31 is returning from behind the wall as well. Now, this is the car that Joe Bradley was updating us about gearbox change he was suggesting that is a rapid gearbox change if indeed that's what the team have had to do down at Whelan unfortunately it has dropped uh, a number of places further down the order to 14th overall and in fact behind the number 7 Porsche Penske 963 so the second of the Porsches which is it was in strife in the opening 8 hours, it's the middle chunk of 8 hours which is done for Wheeland. they are fueling that car now Tyres had already been fitted and it is away on milk float power, i.e., hybrid, and back into the race. So let's hope that um, what looked like a very serious problem indeed has been put right.
0: Well, encouraging, real setback for wheel and engineering, but the fact the car is going out, Johnny, I think, is positive indeed. However, it would be really good to get full clarification of what it is they needed to get sorted on that car because also often many is the time that uh, a car goes in and they're fixing one problem in the time other mechanics can fit other ones that maybe just because the car there is there for a long time they think you know what we might as well do these as well so i think probably a, a fair work through um, possible replacement things that will certainly improve the performance of the car uh, through to the, rema- the remaining hours of this race but a big setback suddenly uh, we felt sorry at the halfway point for the number seven Porsche, Penske Porsche number seven. That was a uh, way out of it, but now it's not lasting class it's eight cars still running in the GTP class well, nine you've got the, the very delayed um, BMW are in 12th and 14th overall. Jack Aitken has taken over the 31. Yep, entry for Wheeling Engineering after those long, long runs from Pipo Durani. but it's quick when it's on track. Let's see if it can stay there.
1: GT Daytona Pro leaders now in pit lane. The number three Corvette, driven by Tommy Milner, arrives as does Alex Riberas in the heart of racing team Aston. So it's Corvette versus Aston Martin pitting about 16 seconds apart at the end of lap 4.69, 3 and 23. And that will see Ryan Briscoe into the lead of GT as an overall group. He retains the lead of GTD as well. I don't remember mentioning the races Edge Motorsport with WTR car a great deal. So, not too many times that 93 car has been at the sharp end. Briscoe enjoying his time behind the wheel of that. Oh, very tight indeed on the banking between two LMP2 cars. That's not for the class lead. It's the 35 to the inside, 88 to the far side. And 0-2
0: overtaking taking both of <laughs> them. Down the inside, I guess, vaguely, maybe, just slightly on the track on the inside. But... Uh, when both commentators suddenly just start drawing their breath in through their teeth you know it's tied around the banking but uh, certainly in this run um, Richard Westbrook has now just taken over the 0-2 Cadillac yeah. and certainly he's just applying himself from the outside. Well, just bear friend, in Alex be- Lin had a good stint but did lose ground to the race leader.
1: Bear in mind you've got Macio Vaxivir and Guido van der Garda in those 2nd and 3rd place no Peters. pushovers are they? they don't hang around and then all of a sudden Westy arrived on the scene in the 0-2 so three abreast prototypes into the Le Mans chicane somehow they all got through and on to the next lap we go for the race leading Cadillac Racing 0-1 of Sebastian Bourdais. but a chance to catch up with Bobby Rahal now with Shea Adam down in the pit lane
3: Bobby, you must be a glutton for punishment or else you just love race cars at this early part in the morning. Why
4: aren't you back at the motorhome getting some shut-eye? Well, I have to be honest, I, I did get a little bit, um, but it's hard to, um, you know, sleep well when you know you guys are out there running around. And, uh, you know, we're in the hunt you know with a 24 car, so it's kind of exciting, you know, and um, you know, it's almost morning, you know, it's almost daylight, I should say, and so, yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, keep it going and have a good finish.
3: Is this race harder at this point in the morning as a driver or a team owner?
4: Oh, <laughs> I don't know if this race is any fun as an owner because it's just, you know, you want the best, you want the best for your team, and... You know, uh, everybody's worked really hard to get to this point. You just want to keep it going. But, uh, you know, when it, I found as a driver, when, it, when the sun starts to come up, it, it really is a new day and you, you get your energy back.
3: For you as Team Rahal and also representing BMW, this race just making it through, will that be a success or no. do you need the watch?
4: Yeah, no, no question. Uh, you know, uh, we, we had a, a difficult uh, test season. The car was late and, you know, all kinds of issues, uh, uh, vendor issues, supply issues. And, um, I mean, the, the fact that it's running so well now is uh, a real testament to, I think, what our guys have done. And, you know, fingers crossed. We'll see.
3: Fingers crossed, indeed. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Bobby Rahal chatting to Shay there. And, uh, yeah, um, they... All things considered, I think should be happy with their achievements so far. A long way to go still yet, with over a a third of the race still to be covered, and the whole of the daylight spell, but brand new cars encountering new problems with every turn of the wheel, um, and it's about how you react to them, I suppose. Rather than being bogged down, you deal with them, note how you manage to deal with it as quickly as possible, and carry that forward to try and fine-tune it in the future. There's the 24 BMW, still with Philip Eng at the wheel and running in fifth position, gaining a spot because of the difficulties for the 31 wheeling car not too long back when Piper Durrani had to go behind the wall. That car is return, or has returned to the race now, but uh, so quickly you're in a lead fight for the 2023 edition of the Rolex 24 and you re-emerge in 14th overall. How quickly things can turn.
0: Entirely so, but I think what we should celebrate here we are the gap between the race leader after 508 laps and the crew in sixth place overall. Bobby's Philippeng Eng driven number 24. Uh, BMW entry is only 17 seconds. Yeah, we're nearly we're very nearly at the two thirds margin in this race. Another 26 minutes, it's 17 seconds. The gap between fourth place sorry, fifth place Philip Eng and Sebastian Borde who's leading for Cadillac. But look, h- hold on, we've got Cadillac, Porsche, Cadillac, Acura, BMW and another Cadillac it's a great mix of cars at the top and I don't think it's going to stop there I think we're going to have more and more GTP contenders in the years ahead as various manufacturers get their knees under the table the World Endurance Championship likewise is just poised for this incredible refresh of its top level it's been a bit thin for the past few years and uh, hats off to Toyota for staying in there mixing it up developing their cars but you know what They've got their nose in front, but let's see how it pans out through 2023, because these cars, hold on, can I say what I'm going to say? I'm going to say it anyhow. <laughs> looking very, very good for their first 24-hour race. Yes, a few setbacks. Those will be ruled out by next time. Can't wait for Le Mans this year. I think the attention's going to be in sports car racing as not for a very, very long time. And For a lot of people drawn to the sport of motor racing through Netflix, Drive to Survive, there's sports cars as well as Formula One and many, many more stories to be told. So I think uh, the margins, the, ma- the size of the market is only growing. And uh, let's see where it goes from here. World well, Rally Championship, they want more publicity. Someone said, why don't you do your version of Drive to Survive? But uh, anyhow, it's all about, it's all the stuff we've been saying for a long time, Johnny. Put cameras, fill people in. You need a backstory. And the backstory in sports car racing is as interesting, if not more so, than almost anywhere in the world of motorsport. So uh, those that know the sport, they know that full well, but we want new fans as well. And I think the mix of cars, multi-class racing, it's all there. And it certainly helps having top manufacturers at the very, very top level. And uh, that draws some people in. You know, they may not be turned on by the thought of a P2 Orica, but if they know there's a top BMW racer and the Cadillacs and, uh, of course, Acura as well in the top class. And, hold on, I forgot to mention Porsche. Bit of a history in racing. Good to have them there too, isn't it? So, yeah, so much you so. can understand yeah. why it would draw people in.
1: Well, it might not be a reality TV series, but John Hindoff, uh, eagle-eyed as always, spotted Jerry Bruckheimer here at Daytona, I think, yesterday or the day before famous, world famous American film and TV producer, Top Gun, Armageddon, Pirates of the Caribbean. Is there an interest in somehow getting the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship into a feature film? Certainly, you know, he's here because he's enjoying the event and no doubt a motor racing fan as well, but um, that would get some exposure, wouldn't it? Moving forward to make a film of this event or indeed the whole championship.
0: Actually, Johnny, if you look very carefully, he's racing in the P3 class. (laughs) On the cover of darkness, there's (laughs) no experience like nighttime experience in a sports car race. I joke, But look, you know, actors and motor racing, they're not aliens to each other. Of course, we've got Michael Fassbender, his ambition to get to the more Steve McQueen, much heralded, but, you know, Paul Newman, to me, was the ultimate actor racer. And if he wasn't racing, he'd be watching racing. You know, he was so, so focused on it. And, you know, what a major star and you think of the the, the Newman Haas racing team and all oh. the success it had in the states and uh, again just revered wherever he went but such a racer and many other actors I will have forgotten temporarily it is night time and that's almost a cue for another sacred coffee input but you know I better go a bit easy i might get a little bit juddery if i have too much but uh, Plenty to entertain us at the moment, though. And, but, you know, gosh, it does just focus. We did to Dubai 24 hours ago. We talked about 13 and a quarter hours of darkness. What yep. madness! We've got exactly the same amount here we in have. Daytona. And suddenly, day will come. As Bob, Bobby Rahal was saying, it's, um, when we speak speaking to him, shame was speaking to him, it's 10 past five in the morning. And he referred to me this morning, went, well, not dawn yet, but, you know, I'm not going to be in bed. I, Wayne Taylor stays on the perch throughout you know famously sometimes you go you think, oh he's, he's awake," but he refuses to leave but to have um, you know Bobby Rahal he is such a racer too yeah yeah three generations of racers in in the world of motorsport and you know Bobby just is through and through a racer following after his father Mike and it's just great and um, you know that you can't stay away you're not sleeping properly give it up get on the pit wall but also I liked the solidarity he had with his crew I couldn't have my people scurrying around running around if I'm not there. You know, that, that's well, what that's leadership's about. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah,
1: yeah. Don't get anyone to do a task that you wouldn't be prepared to do yourself, is the old saying, kind of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got there in the end. Indy Doncher, uh, you got a, a, a sound of his glorious 6.2-litre V8 in the front of the Mercedes-AMG that leads GT Daytona a moment or two ago. And uh, Indy, Indy's looking to close in on Jules Gounon, they are a similar speed, 2.3 seconds separating the GT Pro and the GTD leaders. So you've got Gounon in the 79, WeatherTech Mercedes, Doncha in the GTD, similar car for Winward, and then Darren Turner in the 27, Art of Racing Aston Martin Vantage, also a GT
0: Daytona car. You know, we've been talking, Johnny, about how Mercedes were tipped to do very well in the GTD and GTD Pro Classes. They're first in each of those at the moment. Aston Martin, an awful lot of similarities. they have been looking really strong. However, no however to Aston Martin. Vasa Sullivan with their Lexus looking really good. They're running in fourth place. And at the moment, Jack Horseworth, Hawksworth is just three and a bit seconds down on Darren Turner in the number 27, heart of racing Aston Martin. And uh, it's... Yeah, good times for Lexus. I think we could... And we have a spinner. Well, that's the
1: 6 Porsche. Now, that sh- surely just happened. Yes, it has on the infield section. And now, rather damaged, having had a significant portion of the rear
0: deck torn off that car by the looks of things on the grass. Yeah, it is carrying ban- damage, isn't it's it? low on the banking, and there's stuff flapping around, bodywork parts but flapping around under the tail of that. So... This is the better place to the two Porsches. It is. in Well, he was third. I think he was under... No, he's, uh, but he's fallen back behind Richard Westbrook, and now he's limping in. So one Porsche really delayed. Lost only 20 laps early in the race. Now, lost. lights are flashing on and off, but uh, this is limping into pit lane slowly. There's one for Shea to catch up. Oh, absolutely and take a look. But right. But there's less of a Porsche than left the pits. Put it that way.
1: Lost 13 seconds in the middle sector. A significant off on the infield, Shea. And Nick's in. They're going to tend to the rear deck, first of all. That's the bit that was most beaten up, and they'll do a driver change at the same time. Leap in just as soon as you're anywhere close, but Tandy in for an earlier stop than expected. Our stint lengths are a little bit awry because of the timing glitch not too long ago, but this is an earlier-than-expected stint. Penske, though, were poised and ready, as you would expect nothing less from them, and what remains of that rear wing and deck, well, there's, I mean, very little of it at all, it's almost like a uh, the bones of what would have been a very meaty rear deck indeed, the new piece being offered up, let's hope it snaps into place, all of this being done within the refueling uh, timing window and being closely observed by at least one IMSA official, possibly a couple, to make sure that all the rules are being abided by, but Nick, I'm sure, will now be debriefing with the team. I don't know whether he ran into somebody else, whether there was something to be checked up upon. Was that just running the tyres too far into the stint? He looked to have lost it for me in the left-hand kink of the the infield section and was then on the grass on the inside of the Western Horseshoe. And it is really bumpy there. It looks pretty smooth from the outside. But as soon as you're on a prototype going backwards across the turf, you don't have to find out that there are a number of potholes there.
0: Yeah, I'd very much like to see the start of that incident. If you're on the outside, when you go through the kink, it does become a case of, oh, dear, there's not much track in front of me because uh, there's mainly grass. So I reckon a backmarker would have been involved. He goes up the inside to... Clowns the curb on the inside He goes inside a P3 runner Then he goes through some marker boards yeah. Rotates around Sees that thing that drivers hate A face full of headlights coming towards him Then he comes to a stop on the grass on the infield And then goes to a tarmac Needs some tarmac So off he goes again But the rear end damage was going across the grass And it literally was He hit that curb on the left hand side on the kink And then the car just was shoveled off to the right And then it was a case of slow it down
1: Very difficult to know whether there was contact or not, but uh, purely because we were only treated to the camera pointing out the front of Nick's car. So from his vantage point, pretty much, didn't give us a view rearward or indeed to his right. But I don't think that was contact from the LMP3 car. I think Bruce is right that its line was compromised. Nick was trying to go up the inside of a slower car and thumped the curb and maybe didn't quite expect the reaction from the car that he got. Nick will be the man to speak to, of course, about that, and hopefully Shea will be able to put a microphone under his mouth fairly shortly. Still observing the pit stop, though, as it continues on. New driver already installed, but again, high drama for Penske Motorsport here. They've had their difficulties for car number seven. Matty Campbell at the wheel of that, which is 10th overall. And this number six car, which really they put all of their, their eggs in this particular basket, forced to, um, way before half distance. And the sixth car that was jostling with the race lead on those pit stop cycles is now going to be well out of it.
0: Well, what, what a change in the space of, what, the last half hour, the last 20 minutes, two of the GTP runners hitting problems, and that means 31 car down into 14th place overall, falling even behind the one that had been left behind, Matt Campbell's number seven porter. That's up to 10th place, but for Nick Tandy, he's had a standstill in the pits. He'll have to lose another 12 laps to be passed by the first of the LMP2 runners, but uh, that's a setback. Do you say, and then there were five? No, of course you don't. There are eight hours remaining in this race, eight to a quarter hours and what happens to one can happen to the others but keep it straight keep it tidy keep yourself in the lead by nearly 20 seconds oh hold on who's done that Sebastian Bourdais leading the race in the 0-1 Cadillac entry there he's lapping in the 1 minute 37s which we know Johnny is a very good time at this stage in the race last lap 1 minute 37.5 so the French ace from Le Mans doing great jobs the number 6 Porsche gets a going again running down pit lane and back out onto the track but we'll wait to find out more did he jump was he pushed Did he go around? It happened at the infield kink. The track went left. He went slightly to the right, unfortunately, and across the grass.
1: Four minutes and 34 seconds and counting. He will re-emerge, a new driver to be revealed in a moment or two. 4.44, so it's still counting up. And about to now go through the timing loop. 4.55. We reckon Matty Jaminet has taken over car number six, and it is indeed. So the young Frenchman um, being given, well, (laughs) to within a a limit, certainly some brand-new components. I was going to say brand-new car, not quite, but he's got a new rear deck and a new nose on that car. You wouldn't know the damage that it was carrying when Nick Tandy brought the car down pit road, but I reckon that was about a five-minute pit stop to sort it all out. They chose to do it, did Penske, the race side of the wall, rather than Nick delivering it directly into the garage. It wasn't significant enough damage, I don't think, to do that, but obviously you're limited in terms of the number of personnel that can uh, pour over the car, and it will rejoin in, well, still sixth position because the LMP2s are so far back, but it's lost... Three well, laps. in five minutes, you're going to lose three laps. Yeah. Three,
0: three laps. I, I guess if you're going to go off and you damage something on the car, damaging the diffuser at the back, it's, it's an object that you can replace very easily with another one. But clearly, a little bit, they changed the front, the nose as well. Maybe, maybe there was a tweak. Maybe they're thinking, you know... When it comes to daylight hours, we want a different front on the car. Do it while you can, but I guess it just shows, Johnny, it may look flat as a pancake, the infield grass there, but it never is. No. There are always ripples. You go on your lawn at home, they're never entirely flat. How's yours going?
1: Yeah, not too bad, yeah. uh, but, uh, I mean, that's not a campsite area, quite clearly. It's the inside of a racetrack, but it, it is that sort of bevel, pothole-y, uh, you wouldn't choose to go there uh, had to, Nick had this time again into that corner, but at the same time, that's the beauty of this race, in that uh, it's a nice wide track on the infield, but there's really only one racing line. Uh, but I'm sure he will have done that manoeuvre anu- uh, so many times in the race already, though, to choose the inside line into the left-hand kink on the infield, but just uh, much like what happened to him in qualifying when the car uh, skirted away from his control from beneath him with very little warning. And again, you know, you're driving a brand-new car with its own behaviour, tough to have to to be able to react and rescue that moment. Once these aero-dependent cars go, they go with zero warning.
0: And again, not to put too fine a point on it they haven't done a lot of miles in these cars and at what point does it go you know famously with a lot of performance cars particularly in the days where handling wasn't as good there was a point at which a car would get away from you but where exactly was that point as you were doing your heroics on uh, country roads but better still on race circuits of course but uh, at least the last 30 years have had plenty of time for people to develop track day companies and people to get out and drive their cars in a way that in many ways they were made for. But anyhow, right there, it literally was probably the smallest of margins. Round went Nick Tandy, but the outcome of that is the number six Porsche that has led this race not so long ago is at the front is now four laps down on the race leading 0-1 Sebastian Bourdais who's got, uh, last time I checked, 20 seconds to good. Now it's 21 and a half seconds as he ekes away from Tom Blomqvist in the number 60 Shank racing with Curb Agajanian don't forget Tom Blomqvist, I think, still has the fastest lap of this race. Now has that been taken away? Uh, yeah, no lo- longer with him. Uh, no, it still is. 1 minute 35.6 seconds set on Oh, lap 6 of the race, a mere 511 laps ago. It's RS2, IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of
1: channels. We are around the world on imsaradio.com. And if you head there and click the live video tab, if you're outside of the United States of America, you can enjoy uninterrupted in-vision coverage on the world feed of the Rolex 24 for the 61st edition. If you're in the US, then it's RS2 IMSA Radio for audio only. But that is WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Racing all the way through the season. Every single race live on RS2 this year, again, with flag-to-flag coverage and we're here at the track on 107.9 FM and Sirius XM207 if you're further afield. Shea Adam in the Pits, Bruce Jones, and Johnny Palmer in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre for the latest edition of the Rolex 24 here from Daytona. And we're only 10 and a half minutes away now from two-thirds distance. Half past five in the morning. That means another hour and a 45 minutes before we reach daylight which is 7.15 and that uh, fairly comfortable temperature I would say even for Shay, who is a Floridian let us not forget she likes her layers at this time of night but 66, 67 degrees Fahrenheit for overnight is pretty good isn't it Shay? How many layers have you currently got on?
3: Uh, Well, three-layer Nomex and then a layer below that, but it's actually pretty warm, dare I even say it, to the point where when I came out from a slight snooze in the uh, lot, it was to the point of, hmm, I don't need that extra sweater. Um, I have been looking for Sir Nicholas Tandy of uh, Bedfordshire, I think is the official name we've given him. I do not see him in the Porsche box anymore. And unfortunately, I was having a slight pit stop of my own uh, getting a new headset, Well, he came in to do the pit stop, so he has slithered away.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for the effort, anyway. It it was a bizarre moment. Hopefully, you've had a chance to see that on a replay somewhere. We've also now got damage on a rear of an LMP3 car. This is a Duquesne heading in.
0: Is it the JDC car, number 85? Yes, it is. Unfortunately, the rear wing is at a jaunty, but not altogether recommended angle there. So, car that hasn't long had a pit stop. Uh, Luca Master... Did it go to Luca to Mason or Mason to Luca? Let's have a little look. Car 85, uh, running as it shouldn't be. but um,
1: As it came in, I reckon there were 25 Luke, laps on it's the... It's Luca
0: Mars and... Uh, yeah,
1: 25 <laughs> laps on the stint, though, and that car can stretch to 33. So it wasn't a million miles away from needing to come in for some fuel, but it's got damage on the tail. You're right. I don't know where that has come from because it's, it's a peculiar height. It's damaged the rear wing, but nothing below it. So is that just purely from the aero? Something's broken? Again, highly unusual on an LMP3 car if that is the case. Although, here at Daytona particularly,
0: rear wings are under incredibly high stress. Uh, And and also, when the cars run a little bit down the banking and you go onto the transition onto the track that's level on the inside that gives a mighty jolt and it looks so like one side uh, yeah. of the swan neck has fractured
1: no i was going to say that the rear oh, right on. bullet is missing as we call them which is the, ah. the cheese wedge shaped uh, panel of carbon fiber which should be sitting there with a tail light on it that's no longer evident either shays just asked me the question off air are we expecting a caution well if we've got a, a very large door wedge shaped piece of carbon fiber in the middle of the track, then absolutely yes. Is your question, Shay, because there are teams readying themselves for stops?
3: Yes, and some interesting teams, including the Meyer Shank Racing number sixty, and that car into the pit lane now, Tom Bonfest not out there terribly long. I was expecting this to be fuel only. Uh, no, they're doing tires as well. They ran around to do the right front tire, and yep, they're gonna do all four. We've also got Porsche up on the wall for number seven. And we've got the WeatherTech crew for Mercedes up on the wall for the number 79 as well. That's what sort of triggered me there, Johnny, because all of a sudden all these crews who were trying to sleep were very much not asleep anymore. It's fuel and tires for the number seven Porsche, left side only. Interesting ploy for them and a clean of the windshield as they wait for the last little bits of energy and fuel to go into that car.
1: Well, it's certainly worth taking the opportunity if you know there's debris out on the racetrack. On the other hand, the number 10 car of Philly Barberkirk is off strategy. So that will have been another 31-lap stint for car 10. So it's actually on the bubble and less, I think, to do with expecting a caution and more just because the car was running out of energy slash fuel. And Matty Campbell's seven car was in that ballpark as well. 30, 31 laps. So they are purely on distance Sebastian Bourdais staying out on the racetrack in the 01 Cadillac v LMDH. And you've got the Acura ARX06 of Tom Blomqvist in the number 60 for Mike Shank Racing with Kerb still in second position. He's 20 seconds away from the race leader. Five and a half seconds further back is Richard Westbrook. But one of the key players now in the GT Daytona fight, car 23 from Heart of Racing has appeared on pit road
3: No service going on to this car, Johnny. They have put it up on the air jacks, removed the left rear tire, and then all the mechanics scrambled back over the wall. They've got an old-fashioned toolbox. Uh, They got the blocks underneath the car. They are going to work. Let me see if I can get in there without being obtrusive, because I do not want to take away from any of the work that the mechanics are doing. They're not actually active yet. Alex Faberis, a good deal of uh, grass, actually, on the Michelin tires that are still on the car. They've got the sliding jacks out now too in case they need to reposition the car. Let's see, are they going in for suspension? It's not brakes because they do not have new ones set up. It's definitely suspension components. Ugh, heartbreaking.
1: Well, we'll remind you, it was right up there, this car. Had led for a spell, Alex Riberas coming in. And let's try and work out on the sector times where he's potentially had an off-track moment. I mean, if if there's grass on the tyres, there's only grass really in one key area, which is the infield. And the middle sector has taken him 111 seconds when it would normally take you 49, 50 seconds. So he's lost um, 20 seconds or so on a best time through the mid-sector. Has he done a Nick Tandy, therefore, and left the road, squirmed across the grass and rejoined? But it looks like that has done damage to the suspension potentially as well. So let's try and talk you through it. Out of turn one, clean so far for Alex Riberas, through the kink at right and left, and that was relatively clean, but he's slowing and took to the cutout of the first horseshoe. So the problem has already crept in at this point. It wasn't a slide or a spin. He's had to reset the car by the looks of things. So has a suspension component actually given way
0: as he's come off the banking and round turn one, Bruce? Very interesting replay. My initial thoughts... If I hadn't seen the car and what they're doing in the pit lane, I'd have thought, he just realised he's got a puncture, and he's just pulling out of the way, using that cut-through at turn three, but his lack of pace thereafter. Now, Shea is down with them. They're working under the left rear wheel arch, but for for Ross Gunn and David Pittard... Whether they're trying to get asleep or not, uh, they'll be so gutted. That 23 car was going really well. But for Alex Riberas sitting on board, what can he do? Absolutely nothing. It's up to the Heart of Racing crew, Heart of Racing team crew to sort it out. But uh, it looks so left rear suspension. You're absolutely right, Johnny.
1: So 49 seconds plays, 111. That's more like actually a minute lost, isn't it, in that middle sector because he was parked up on the right hand side on the exit of the first horseshoe, the International Horseshoe, for a significant
0: segment of that. Well, so he was just telling us they're having to pull the brake disc out of the way to get to what they're trying to fix. So it's, it's not just uh, put a new one on and uh, sort it out. There's a lot to be done there. So yeah, on such a trivial thing, driving on his own with nobody immediately around him, but uh, it's tumbling down the charts in GTD. Still listed as six in GTD Pro, 15th overall in the, cl- in the outright GTD competition. But for Alex Riberas and his teammates, Ross Gunn and uh, David Pittard, nothing they can do about it.
1: So we'll give you a a recap of how things sit in a moment or two, because we're about to reach the end of another racing hour here on RS2 IMSA Radio. That will put 16 hours in the book, a further eight still to go. Bruce Jones, Johnny Palmer and Shay Adam looking after matters for the 61st edition of the Rolex 24 at Daytona, and things chop and change again in GT Daytona. So, a chance for uh, another VP Racing Fuels in-race update before we close this particular segment. And let's go GTP, first of all, because Sebastian Bourdais in his Cadillac for Cadillac Racing leads after 523 laps, and he has a margin of 23, nearly 24 seconds up his sleeve over Tom Blomqvist. That car of Tom's has pitted uh, way more times than the car that leads the race. There have been eight more stops for the Meierschak Racing by Kerr and Acura, but they've generally all been in cautions where they haven't necessarily lost laps. Clearly, they haven't lost laps because they're on the lead lap of uh, 524 currently and only short of 24 seconds for the race leader but it just shows how much they've had to be keeping on top of that number 60 when and where possible there it is heading out of the infield section and up onto speedway turn one for yet another time third position is the 02 richard westbrook driven cadillac racing v D H. car third overall from augusto farfus's bmw m from uh, team rll we heard from uh, Bobby Rahal, not too long ago with Shea. Car 24 is in fourth position. Then it is the Acura from Wayne Taylor Racing, Andretti, Ooh, and uh, Brendan Hartley took that over. Hopefully we mentioned that, but when Philippe Albuquerque came in, it seemed like off strategy, but it was perfectly on for the number 10 car, the Kiwi took over. Sixth position is Matthew Jaminet, after the damage that Nick Tandy incurred after his off-track excursion on the infield at Daytona. Front and rear damage for the Penske 963. Mathieu Jaminet took that car over and it runs in sixth. LMP2 is led by Guido van der Garde now after his charge and side-by-side moment with Mathieu Vaxiviere on the back straight probably half an hour, 40 minutes ago now, but that was enthralling to watch and TDS has worked his way to the sharp end for car 35 ahead of the 04 for Esteban Gutierrez for Crowdstrike Racing by APR. AF Corsus, LMP2 car number 88, Macho Vaxavier is in third, ahead of Devlin Di Francesco for Rick Ware Racing, and then it's the PR1 Matheson Motorsport car fifth for Alex Quinn yet again, 51 ahead of 52. The stragglers in GTP remain the 7 Porsche, which is tenth overall for Matt Campbell, and the 31 Wheelan Engineering Racing Caddy, which dropped to 8th position after a major gearbox problem, which saw the car virtually stopped out on track in the final sector. LMP3, Nico Pino at the head of the order in car number 33 for Sean Creech Motorsport, ahead of AWA and Nico Veroni, number 17. And the Fast MD Racing uh, 87 for Nick Boulle is in third. GTD Pro headed by Jules Gounon, WeatherTech Racing Mercedes AMG, number 79, leads GTD Duo, so it's pro ahead of non pro, non pro. Indy Doncha's Windward Racing 57, Mercedes is second. Darren Turner in the heart of racing Aston is third. Then two more GT Pro cars Jack Hawks with his fourth, second in class, uh, but fourth of the GTs for the Vassar Sullivan Lexus RCF. And in third position, fifth of the GTs, third in pro though, Tommy Milner with his number three. Corvette. That was your hourly update brought to you by VP Racing Fuels, the official coolant of IMSA. Stay frosty.